1: So, my name is James Jenkinson, and I am the co-founder and co-producer of Birmingham Fan TV. I
0: have now lived in Birmingham. Uh, as you are aware and maybe some of our listeners are aware for quite a while now and one thing I have learned since moving here is that it is never dull being a Birmingham City fan and I think this season is a perfect example of that isn't it? It's um it's a well it's a crazy world of Birmingham
1: City um you you gotta if you don't laugh you cry. I think it, I think is the motto we should live by. It's not keep right on. It's laugh or cry. Yeah. And and yeah, like you say, there's never a dull moment, and I think that's what keeps us on
0: board. Really. Yeah. Uh, there'll be fans of other championship clubs who say, oh, it's never dull supporting our team. But Birmingham this season seems to have been particularly crazy, and we'll start off with what happened on Monday, yeah. where the club confirmed they've been charged with breaching. EFL regulations. Uh, what was your initial reaction when you saw that announcement by the club? Do you know what? I actually wasn't even surprised.
1: Um, I was angry, but I wasn't surprised. Um, I think for the last four or five weeks, things have been boiling over. The, the, you know, the pot's been simmering, and um, my anger. While obviously we'll get onto the manager, I'm sure, and the playing side <laughs> of it at some point. the The owners, for me, have always wound me up. They've always gotten the wrong side of me. And for me, they've always almost avoided a lot of blame and stick from the fan base. And that has almost had to, it's almost now erupted as of Monday with the announcement. Um, when you read a little bit deeper, things aren't too bad in terms of what they've done. But I think now you'll start to see everything that they've messed up with over the last three, four, five years now. Is gonna start coming out. I think.
0: Yeah. You'll Just going go, go, going on to the yeah. announcement shortly because it's a bit confusing. Really, it seems to indicate that the club have been punished for not making enough money over the last January transfer window. Yeah. And from the Blues fans I've spoken to, it seems like the main indicator was that they were going to sell Che Adams. Yeah. During that window, didn't happen. Obviously. And they sold him in the summer instead. So surely it's just some sort of miscommunication, really. And there have been numerous reports about a points deduction. Yeah. But it looks like that probably won't happen and it will just be a fine.
1: Yeah.
0: Is that something you expect at the moment? Yeah, I mean, the bro- the
1: brief summary is that, obviously, we got hit with the points deduction. And the whole talk through the last season was... Um, we'll give you this points deduction, we're going to give you this fine. And we're going to put a plan in place as well. You have to abide by our plan. It was set at the start, of the towards the start of the season, to essentially, they were making, I think they made £38 million loss in the season that they were punished for. It was to rectify that, bring the losses down, and to um, obviously show signs of improve, improved cash flow, to improve it however means. And in a subtle way, that's their way of saying, Sell players. They didn't say sell players, but it's their sort of way of saying you need to sell players. Um, <clears throat> and this is the only bit of sympathy I have with the board is that they actually made a great decision not to sell Shay Adams in January because mm. the, the I think the highest bid was nine million from Burnley. We didn't, and obviously at the time he was scoring every game. It wasn't for us; it didn't make any sense. He kept us in the league as well. His goals, single-handedly, pretty much kept us in the league. So from a financial standpoint, that was the only thing they did right. But and obviously selling him for sixteen million, they sold Hotter for four, I think, to Villa. Big wages were cut. Him Adams was on big wages. Hotter, lots of players were cleared out. So in that sort of sense, they tried. I think their losses are down by eight million this year or nine million. So reasonable. Um, but I think it's more a case of their naivety, their lack of understanding their lack of ability to change they're so they they think it's a game of football manager they really really do um and yeah, the, the the EFL have been a little bit harsh at times but I think obviously there, will, there won't be a points deduction there'll be a fine but all it all it's going to bring up now is is all the faults over the past couple of years like I said um and now going to start coming to the head and the fans are going to start then they've had enough of it, so like I say, um what will happen over the next few weeks remains to be seen, but obviously I'm sure you've seen there's there's fan protests planned now. Yeah. Groups have been set up. I know the people behind these
0: groups have set them up and there's there's big plans in place. So um yeah. so I've seen loads of people on Twitter with their hashtags, get the board out, that kind of thing. Yeah. It seems like the fans have really, really turned all of a sudden because of Monday's announcement. Mm-hmm. Um is that fair to say that this incident has single-handedly turned everyone against the board?
1: Yeah, ni- 95% are... I still see some saying, like, this is what's to worry about? Or, you're not going to do anything, so so why are you trying to make a statement? Nothing's going to happen, you know, you're all... Um, some, some people get divided, but that's a fan base. Um, the only thing I will say, though, is it's not necessarily the owners of the club. It's the board. So we've got people over in China who obviously have invest, invested stupid amounts of money. £38 million loss, £32 million loss over this financial year. I think £95 million is owed by the club to the Birmingham International Holdings. It's a lot of money. Um, but the people in China who don't really come over, who've got this money, are giving it to people who are incompetent, inept, who are so naive and obviously are putting it in the wrong places and and don't understand how to run a football club and that's where the aim the anger should be aimed at i know the hashtag is tta out so it's trillion trophy asia but really it should be aimed at the two chaps obviously that whose name keeps cropping up don wren edward cheng they're the two um people really who um the fans really should be aiming their their voices at now um and obviously i've seen at the Wigan game, a few people, I think, threw season tickets at, at Don Rennie in his director's box or at least confronted him. Mm. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that That's if he decides to come to the games now or, or sits outside in, yeah. in view. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a complicated one. It's another one where it just kind of sums up
0: Birmingham City at the minute. It really does. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, protests. Are yeah. there actual demonstrations planned for the next few games?
1: there's rumblings okay. that, but obviously what can you do it's mm. it, it's kind of they're at the games anyway obviously I'm sure there'll be there'll be chants aimed towards the board
0: um, people suggesting like what Cholton did Throwing stuff on the pitch, yeah. Yeah. I saw that mentioned and I suppose it eventually worked because Châtelet's now gone, but it took quite a while, didn't it? Yeah, and and how effective that really
1: was, who knows. Obviously, it got the media's attention, but did it really force his hand? Um, Remains to be seen, it's not a Birmingham City kind of thing to do that thing. Um, I see them more chanting, protesting. They don't really make banners. I know there's a big running theme within Birmingham City that... They don't do banners because that's an Aston Villa thing. So we don't we do not do that, sort of bed sheet sort of thing. So uh, you'll see more, more chanting, that sort of thing. Um, and obviously some verbal exchanges if the directors are seen within view of the ground. So I, there's not too much I can shed light on, to be honest. Obviously the guys that are running 1875, who are the
0: main... Driving force now behind this because mm. um, they, they've only turned up quite recently, haven't they? Like start of the week, yeah. Monday. And they have got all of a sudden a huge following on Twitter, and I suppose that, as you say, kind of shows how um, how much friction there is between the fan yeah. base and the owners at the moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They mm. the the support that they'll they'll
1: get if they do it right. And they the the only thing they've done so far is release a letter to. Um one of the directors of the board and and if I'm honest, you know, I like the guys that run this page. I know the but the letter was for me a bit distasteful it wasn't didn't come across why why it just came across a little bit um sarcastic, so what what bits for anyone who's not seen the letter um so uh I'm trying to run through the letter they were they were basically trying to explain in simple terms obviously what the fans had disgruntled at trying to point out the faults that the directors have made so um, uh, obviously not abiding by EFL rules Um, certain directors paid themselves loans Mm. 46,000 I think went to Dom Wren um, which he hasn't paid back and they made like jokes like he went to the wives handbags and stuff like that and if you really wanted to talk to the board I know they've annoyed you but do it in a proper way if yeah, you're going to be, be respectful yeah because the, the Chinese are massive on respect like mm. if you're going to be sarcastic he's not going to read past the second paragraph so it annoyed me but they've got a chance to redeem themselves if they do it properly they've got a in. the fans are going to get behind them they really will um, Birmingham City they're one they can come together they can really unite and and push and force a hand but they've got to do it right um, as we saw with the cast and young era that rumbled on for too long but eventually we got we, we, we managed to to get it highlighted so yeah um, all I can say is I'm hoping for more
0: from them but yeah. more in the right direction Yeah. Do you think it's a case of um, the group making it more of a national issue because everyone knew about what was going on at Charlton because of the demonstrations that you mentioned um, and while the national news will be aware of the charge that's been given to Birmingham, yeah. they might not be as aware of what's happened with the fan reaction to okay. that. So would you, if you wanted to see something change, yeah. do you think the best way of going about it is making sure the national media know about it? I,
1: personally, no. I think the best thing is internally. Okay. So The biggest issues lie with the people at the top can make that change and instantly we can become better again we can So you're not calling stable. for the
0: board to get gone. You're telling them just know that we're not happy with how you've dealt with the club so far.
1: No, 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 definitely the board need the board need to go. Okay. Um, the owners so there's a chap called Mr. King, I don't know his actual Chinese name, he goes by the name of Mr. Okay. King. I know it's really weird. <laughs> and there's a few others in China with the money. They're the guys with the the money and they've employed below them Um, a set of people so that's where Don Wren comes in that's where Edward Chain comes in and the other chap who they wrote the the letter was wrote to somebody above them these people at the top need to get rid of the people at the board level running the day-to-day stuff at Birmingham City Mm. because the guys that are investing the money clearly at heart want this club to do well they're investing a lot of money but they just don't know where it's going and at the minute it's just going down the pan and it's stupid because they've employed people who have no experience in football the only experience they have, I believe, was one of the two ran a, uh, a football camp in China. A okay. failed football camp. It failed as well. There's no there's no knowledge there of even how to run a football club. Um, and these people apparently, it's just a rumour, I don't have obviously facts, but are meddling in tactics with the manager. They're trying mm. to put their input into it. It just should not happen at any level, shape or form, you know. Um, making decisions on who plays, who doesn't play, who they like, who they don't like in the squad, that's just unacceptable. You, you know, Obviously, if there's a fallout, if a player's really causing issues, then obviously the board can intervene. But just on a day-to-day, like we don't like how he performs. He's not that type of player. Get him out. Which was, again, I'm just going off what I feel, but Morabti went missing for like 10 games. And the rumour was that the board didn't like him. Well, that's not your decision. He was doing really well. And they just took him out all of a sudden, came back and scored the game. He came back. So um, it's little things like that. These people don't know what they're doing. And it's those people that need to go. Because um, a lot of people at Birmingham City had been there for 20 years on the board. Worked even through Carson Young, who we know was was a, a nightmare as well. And Peter Pano. But they still stayed. They've now gone because they can't work under Dom Wren. Yeah. They can't. Um, so it shows just how bad this guy is yeah. in
0: terms of working for yeah yeah uh, let's talk about the football side of things then oh dear. um Pep Clotet, yeah appointed caretaker manager caretaker head coach at the start of the season yeah um and then he was finally given the permanent job and then kind of since then everything's gone tits up yeah, um, yeah. let's focus on the positives first because it did start off quite well didn't it um prior to his permanent appointment. So yeah. what was going well during that period?
1: Um well fans were were relatively they didn't have high expectations. The board had said we want playoffs. How many of us thought that was realistic, I don't know. I, I was expecting top twelve at a sort of top top roughly, off. yeah. Yeah. If we'd have finished thirteenth or fourteenth, no one was gonna moan. Mm. But we wanted to see that transition that we were promised into a more passing, attacking style of football. And we were prepared to be relatively patient. We won at Brentford opening day. We didn't deserve to. Should have been about 5-1. I went down. I just, I don't know how we survived that. Um, And I said on the day to my partner, I turned and said, there's no way that these two I think Blues fans were mocking Brentford fans on Twitter, saying we only need one goal, we only need one shot. I think we have one shot, yeah. and Brentford had 25. And the Brentford fans were saying, "You watch, we will, we'll finish up there. You won't because you weren't good enough, obviously." And I said, "They're right. right, it's going to happen." Like obviously, I don't tweet it. And it's right. Look at Brentford, they're flying now. Um, and I thought, okay, it's early on, and we started to see a change. You know, in the Barnsley game, we won two 0 at home. It was just. We played some good football. Middlesbrough, I'm sure you watched the game on TV, potentially. Yeah. It was a great game. We played really, really well for mm-hmm. for 80 minutes. We Slick football it was great. You know, Everybody was off their seat and everyone was like, this is what we've been waiting for. That was really the turning point because before that, there was calls for his head at Wigan away. We lost 1-0 to away to Wigan. We'd been on a bit of a slump. It turned at the Middlesbrough game. We won that. Great last-minute winner. Then we went on like a... A bit of a run where we won we drew yeah we, i think we lost one in seven it was it, and the football was starting to get better and then i think it was the i'm trying to think which game it was was it cardiff away i think we lost 4-2 mm. and then from then we've won one in 12 so it's been an up and down season where you know the football got wasn't great then got better and yeah. now is it Turgid stayed. Yeah. Just stage. before we
0: go on to yeah. how crap it's been recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, in that good spell. Yeah. The one thing that the fans kept telling us was that the football is so much better than it was under Monk. And I yeah. presume that was the case.
1: Yeah. Under Monk, what we got was, you know, pretty good attacking football. Pretty yeah. good. It wasn't possession based. It was very much counter attack sort of. You know, we got the two lads up front. They'll do the majority of the work, supplied yeah. by the wingers. Whereas. This time we were 25 yards higher, we were more in, in their half, we were pressing mm. them higher. We were keeping the ball, the flow in, pass and move, pass and move between players like Crowley, Vialba, was excellent. And it was a joy to watch at times, we watched us and, and obviously with Bellingham in there. And it was great. And then um, something something changed. For and um, What has changed? I, I, I can't put my finger on it. I think injuries haven't helped. Yeah. In 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 you know, in fairness to Clotet, you know he lost he's lost Crowley for four or five games this season. Um, he's had to toy with dropping Bellingham to, to rest him being sixteen. He lost Marabti, whoever's decision that was, <laughs> um, who was playing relatively well. Vialba's lovesick. He's at the minute supposedly ill. Okay. Um, but he's he's always on his Instagram with a glass of wine or something <laughs> so we've lost him so at the minute yeah he's a bit down he's lost his two centre-backs but he still had a good enough team to do something not to you know he's had a good enough team not to get beat at home by Wigan but, you know he's he's got a team that shouldn't be getting you know conceding five and then I think it's eight it's not eight it's Eleven, 11 in three home games it's mm. not you know, on any level it doesn't matter what sort of Personnel you're in the yeah, team yeah, with yeah. that's that's down to tactics and management and yeah I I couldn't put my finger on what changed to be honest I think it's just gone horribly wrong comp- confidence yeah the manage manager seems to have poor game management and and everything and obviously with that you start getting on that slippy slope
0: yeah. it's hard
1: to stop and Clotet just doesn't seem to be able to stop it
0: yeah that's one thing that everyone was concerned about when he first got appointed wasn't it because his only um past managerial experience in england was his spell at oxford yeah. which was unconvincing average yeah yeah very average and then he came here to birmingham and started off well and the one thing that has constantly dogged him is that this sense that as soon as it was going wrong yeah. he's just a coach not a manager and is that something you're starting to see now that he's not tactically aware enough um, from what the fans are saying anyway uh, yeah. to be a manager
1: yeah yeah I think that's that's pretty close to what it is yeah he's coaching sense he's an intelligent guy mm. he's switched on he's articulate you can see he goes in depth with a lot of things like set pieces last year he, he was all over our set pieces and we scored from so many corners free kicks the routines we had were amazing um, um, but this year none of that seems to have happened we're, we're terrible from set pieces we concede from a lot um his substitutions are some of the worst I've seen since <laughs> since Zola, really. Um, and that's saying something. And that is really saying <laughs> something because as as likable, you know, it's it's almost like a mirror, really, for me um, watching them at times. Really, yeah. Because um, Zola would make questionable changes. Players would go missing um, on and off the pitch. Um, and and things just started going downhill. Results, we were getting beat at home t- by teams like Burton, like two 0 I seen that in the Wigan game, it's yeah. like, just you you felt the calamity coming at the minute the team came out against Wigan. It was like, who? Why has he put Gary Gardner at centre back? Like, whose idea is that? And I said to, I go down with my dad. I said, you can feel it coming, can't you? like that Zola. He, he just shook his head and said, it's coming. We're going to lose today. Everything's going to go wrong, and. Obviously, lo and behold, what unfolded was was a nightmare. Like I said, if anybody can tell me specifically what's going on,
0: I'd like to know as well. I'm sure plenty of Blues fans will (laughs) have an opinion on it. Um, Definitely. So, since this bad run has happened, the constant theme is Clotet needs to be sacked. Yeah. What side of the fence are you
1: on? I'm on the side that says, yes, I agree. He needs to go. But at the same time, I'm also like, OK, you sack him. Who do you bring in?
0: Really? Who do you bring in? Because <laughs> everyone said Chris Hughton, but I have said on past podcasts, I think that he's completely unrealistic. Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah. Um,
1: Chris left previously because yeah. he wasn't happy with the board situation. And obviously he got a job in the Premier League, which is fine. Hmm. Um, at Norwich. And... He's not stupid. He wouldn't walk back into this job. He knows, all right, he could get paid off, but then his reputation and all of that, he's not going to walk into this death trap. So, what reputable manager of a caliber that we need to get us out of trouble takes this job? And I could not tell you a name. You can look at people that are in a job, like um, I like the um, manager at Coventry. Uh, I'm trying to think. Mark Robbins. Mark Robbins, yeah. yeah. Um, I like what he's about, and I think he could do a job. Similar to when we brought Rowett in. Mm. But would he take the job, Coventra, flying fly at the minute? Um, yeah. Again, I don't think so. Uh, Ainsworth at Wickham. Would he take the job? Probably not. I think he wants to finish what he's doing at, at Wickham. So unless they're unemployed and they're really desperate, it's, who would take the job? It was like when we brought Cottrell in. It's because he, he had no work and he wasn't going to get a job. So, yeah. yeah, you sack him, but you know, who do you... Who do you bring in? So I sit on the fence of yeah, he's not good enough. But until somebody says or somebody gives me a name that's interested, and is it good enough? What's the point mm. at the minute? It, it's it's kind of like that. Do we let him see if he can turn this ship around?
0: <sighs> Remains to be to be honest. It depends how this weekend goes. Yeah, is is my biggest answer. Yeah. What are the expectations for the rest of the season then? Because playoffs was being tipped when everything was going well, but now especially yeah. if there's a points deduction. We don't think there will be, but if, if there was a points deduction, then you, you'd imagine relegation is a real possibility because you'd be bottom if there's another nine-point deduction. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so let's pretend there isn't a points deduction. Yeah. What are your expectations at the moment? Survival. Really? Sim- Simply, yeah. Um, one win in 12,
1: one, like I said, we'll prob- probably get into it, but one clean sheet in 19. How is any of that form other than relegation form? Mm um your captain is you know whatever he say, claims he says you know whatever he did his actions still screamed immaturity when your captain's doing that when your manager is really i feel for him at times but he's under pressure he clearly is sinking what happened for the ca- with the captain oh so when um dean scored against west brom okay um he ran uh towards the corner flag down the tilt and obviously our main end yeah. um with his his hand to his ear, cupped his ear, and said, um, "Well, he swore at the fans, basically oh. calling us all morons." So, when was um, this? against West Brom a couple of weeks ago, and since then fans have. Well, he's deactivated his Twitter, hasn't he?
0: Because um, uh,
1: I did see that he deactivated his Twitter, but I
0: hadn't seen this at all. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and he got absolutely slammed for it. Some fans said, "Ah," oh. and I'm and I'm of the, the 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 sort of the group that says. If you can't give it, don't take it. So fans are going to slay him for his performances. Yeah. Then he can give a bit of criticism back. But he's, for me, he wasn't in a position to... He'd scored a goal, but his performance was still terrible that day. We conceded three. We've been sinking, and he has been one of the biggest culprits for that. He's mm. been atrocious. And Is just shown, Harley Dean? Just, yeah, yeah, Harley Dean, yeah. And he's showed no leadership, and, and for a captain, that's worrying. Um, And then, obviously, to do that, it's topped it off, and a lot of fans, for me, won't forgive him for that. Mm. Um because we're an unforgiving group let's be be honest (laughs) we're pretty brutal so we we, yeah and once you do that it takes a lot of of making up to do so yeah um yeah for me relegation survival at first if we can start pulling a couple of wins together then i'll say can we hit you know 16th 15th comfortably mid table with no fears and i'll take that for the rest of the season but i Just the form just worries me. And when Birmingham City slide, they slide big time.
0: (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about some of the individual players then. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing that is (laughs) fairly obvious is that you're struggling for goals this season badly. Um, What has led to that? Is it not replacing Che Adams? Is it... Djukovic not being in necessarily as good form as he was last season. Yeah. What What do you think needs to improve for that to um for you to score more goals? Well, there's a combination of
1: things, I think, really, three three or four. Um, BT was a massive reason why Adams and Djukovic were scoring last season.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, obviously he was the forward coach. He's not. He's not
0: there. Yeah. So for anyone but, who isn't aware, he's gone walkies, really, hasn't he?
1: I think he's essentially on an unofficial gardening leave. Okay. So he's kind of still at the club but doesn't work. Not at the club. Yeah. Yeah. No one really understands fully what's gone on. But Mm. he's fallen out anyway with whoever it may be. He was a big reason why we scored a lot of goals. Um, And Adams and Nukovic will say that. Yeah, replacing Adams. Massive. Massive mistake. We all knew he was going. But obviously the question was how much. They had all since January to plan and prep and find their targets you know, target A, B, C, and D. If you don't get them, you're struggling. Yeah.
0: And how do you think you were just left with Alvaro Jimenez, who hasn't poor guy yeah. particularly been great, has he?
1: I feel for him, but he's just not good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're not good enough, you're not good enough. You, I, I, I do moan about him a bit, but the poor guy, he gives 120 percent every mm. single game. But if your quality's not there, you can't stick a conference player most of the time in the Premier League and expect them to shine. Obviously, it's a one in a million, um and yeah, and Yukovvit thrives off a big and little sort of combination, and he just doesn't suit this style of play, yeah, he tries his best again every and for me, he should be captain um but he just doesn't suit this. we don't play we've we've almost had to resort back to putting the ball in the box for Jukovic because he's the best chance of scoring, but that's I think that's also hindered us a little bit because we can't play this flowing football that they've bought all these players in to do Crowley. And then who it to the box. <laughs> yeah, Bellingham. And then we'd get to the edge of the box and it's like, we've got no quick striker to yeah. play that final ball, so we're going to have to dink it into Jukovic and the defenders know what's coming. It's so predictable. Um, and yeah, and, and, and just having two strikers who are exactly the same, no nothing for defenders to worry about a different option. Mm-hmm. We had Vassell, we had Bogle last season who were options off the bench. All different players as well with pace and power and a bit of agility. And we could mix it up this season we've got nothing um and it was crim- and again that's why the board get a lot of stick because it's just criminal recruitment from them um so yeah there's a couple of reasons why we've struggled for goals but yeah replacing yeah. adams was the biggest one
0: let's uh move on to well we'll start off with the bad bits of the team yeah and then um we'll go on to the slightly better bits there's, there's not there's, there's too many bad bits and there's not as <laughs> <enough> good as <bits, laughs> well in the there were two that particularly stand out one's the striker situation yeah the other one's the goalkeeper situation yeah Lee Camp the <laughs> championship goat yeah um, and he, he he started off in in goal at the start of the season yeah. and he was you know standard Lee Camp he was steady and then yeah. heavy so often he'd make an absolute <laughs> clangor and used to drive fans up the wall yeah. and then Conal Truman came in yeah started off all right, from what I understand and then he's started showing that he's probably not good enough at this yeah. level. Um, what, what do you make of the goalkeeper situation as a whole? With Tru- yeah,
1: with Truman, I think it's simple. Yeah, he's not good enough. I feel for him because mm. he's, true again, Like he doesn't really drop clangers as such. Like He's made one mistake. I think it was in the Wigan game. Yeah. He could have done better for the second goal. But he hasn't kept a clean sheet since he's come in. And yeah, that's partly down to his defence. But he's so... It's like watching a child in goal. Sometimes he he doesn't command his box. There's no organisation. Yeah.
0: It's not like obvious errors where he's dropped it through his legs. It's like a shot that he probably should have saved, or a better goalkeeper would have saved anyway. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, um, and that's simply you know just down to quality. With Camp, we just like you say, it's just laughable at times. Like, and it was the same last season, but not as bad. He'll have a game where he's unbelievable he's like a champions league quality goalkeeper of (laughs) of of next level he'll pull off 20 saves in a game where he'd keep us in it and he'd be making phenomenal one-handed saves then the next game he's dropping it through his arm and or or his arm disappears and it becomes non-existent and it's like it's gone straight at you and you've still somehow managed to get out the way of it and that's that's it with camping i think fans got tired of it becoming an increasing thing like mistakes and you know, the running joke is he's got poppadom hands. Um, he's just brittle as anything. And, and he did it against Blackburn. He gets his first start in 10 games. And I'm of the, the group that feel a bit more comfortable with him in goal because he's a bit more commanding. He's yeah. experienced. But a guy has a shot. I, th- I don't know what. I think it was was it Holtby. Maybe. For Blackburn. Has a shot from about 30 yards out. And it's not a difficult shot. And he catches it straight down the middle of his goal. At stomach height and he still almost throws it into the bottom right corner. He has to scramble to claw it <laughs> off the line and you just think that is camp. Like, And I think fans were sick of it. I think fans were just the Mitrovic one where he drops it and he wasn't even challenged was yeah. the final straw. Um, they'd had enough of him throwing the ball in his own yeah. goal essentially. So yeah, yeah, we didn't replace him either. So yeah. recruitment.
0: Is even more frustrating when you've got David Stockdale just making money when he's yeah. not even at the club.
1: Yeah, certainly. yeah. I mean, he's hemorrhaging money for the club. For, yeah. for, well, whatever he's on. Anywhere between 30 and 40 grand a week. Whatever he says he's on. He denies it on Twitter. Obviously, yeah. he's going to. Um, but he's on big money. Just briefly, what's
0: what's happened there for anyone who doesn't know? <sighs> Is it just falling out? Yeah.
1: Nobody knows. Nobody knows the actual answer. Okay. Um, he fell out when Monk came in as such. Monk played him in the back end of his... For when he came in yeah, yeah. till the end of that season, and then he got dropped as soon as Camp came in, he got dropped. But there was rumours he was on. Um, things weren't right behind the scenes with him anyway. Mm-hmm. Obviously he got dropped under Cottrell because he'd had a punch up with Cohen Brammel, who Allegedly. came on loan from Arsenal. Allegedly, <laughs> definitely, it definitely happened. Yeah. Allegedly, <laughs> <laughs> we yeah we have to keep it with that. But um, no, he, he, he you know he says he he broke his arm and he punched Brammel. Yeah. so I think he did break his arm. Okay. However that may have happened, I don't know. Um,
0: But is it frustrating that you've got someone who... Did he play for England? He he was at least close to playing for England at some point.
1: Was he Championship Goalkeeper
0: of the Year? Yeah. Two years in a row? Yeah. Um, You've got someone like him who, sure, he might allegedly have his attitude problems, (laughs) but you've got someone as good as him who is at the club but just not getting involved.
1: Yeah, I said months ago. put, Put Stockdale in.
0: I don't care what he's done.
1: Yeah. If he put, if he performs, I don't care if he doesn't like whoever is at the board, or whoever he's got his issues yeah. with at the club. If he performs, I don't care. And he didn't make that many mistakes when he was in goal for us. One or two. But every goalkeeper does. Mm. He wasn't that bad. And I felt okay with him in goal. When he's when he's on that much money, you're paying him a wage. At least play him. Mm. And then let him go when his contract's gone. You don't have to keep him. I just some, it's, it's all these, these decisions that happen that cause this this frustration within the club this every little decision you look at and you think it's questionable it's questionable yeah um yeah so i i would have played
0: him personally yeah. but but obviously it does not look like it's going to happen soon no. so with that being said it is january would one of the priorities in this window be to get a goalkeeper
1: mm, i think I, I don't think it's top of the club's price. Right? I, I don't know what the what the approach now to January is going to be. If you'd have asked me this before the announcement, yeah, I'd have said, yeah, they'll target three, four players. Obviously a forward, a goalkeeper, and wherever it may be. If they can still bring players in, I think they'll target a goalkeeper, whether it be loan, whether it be a permanent or a free. Mm. Um, I don't know. Um, I know they were looking... They weren't too... Bothered when Truman first came in, and now I think they were looking. But the top of the list has been the striker. All, all the talk, and they know the board have said goalkeeper, uh, striker. Uh, Clotet said striker. Everybody mm. said striker. Names have been banded around, but yeah, I think goalkeeper is more important. If you don't have a stable, you know, base, what's you know, what's the point? So, um, but obviously, everybody's waiting to hear if we're allowed to bring anybody in or not. That's yeah, that's, that's the next it. step. So. Bad timing, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. it? Just had to happen in January as well, Because yeah. if we'd have strengthened and then they'd have put it on us, you know it is what it is. We've got the players in to probably keep us up. Yeah. Now it's like we might not even get those in. We we that's what raises the fears of going down. So mm. yeah, January is going to be a big month for us. Yeah, like uh,
0: so let, let's focus on the positives then. Let's uh, end on a. Uh, kind of the good side of uh, Birmingham City for this season. Uh, the big money signing, Ivan Sonich, Yeah. He cost a lot of money, but he looks like a quality player, doesn't he? Or does he? <laughs> I, I'm going to raise a few controversial points. Okay.
1: I love Ivan. I think Ivan is a good player. Mm. Definitely. He's Croatia's captain. There's a reason for that. Under-21s, captain. Under-21s, yeah. Um, but... I, for me, in the last four or five games, he's not shown anywhere close to what he showed at the start of the season. That may be a confidence thing for me. Maybe his confidence has been booted and he's been stamped down. But he comes on against Blackburn. Your prime example. And he he's, he's sent off after two minutes. Because he cut, he's misplaced pass. He's not on his toes. He's not aware. And then he hauls his man down. It shouldn't have been a red card. Because I think Double Jeopardy rule has changed. And he's not supposed to send him off. But then against Wigan... You you look to that £7 million player who's cost you more than maybe Wigan's whole team, potentially, to, to lead and control the game. And he did none of that. Every time he got the ball, no word of a lie, first time the ball would end up 30 yards in the air. He just <laughs> booted it up in the air. And you just think, is that worth £7 million? That's yeah. my question. I think he'll get his move eventually. His energy, his positioning is usually spot on. And he's had to run alongside a sixteen year old Jude Bellingham who he's having to teach, I think, at twenty two to teach someone. Yeah. And to to tutor them in central midfield.
0: But that's it. He's shown a, a lot of maturity. Match,
1: yeah, and he doesn't he plays like an older head for a twenty two year old. That's his positives. you know, he's he's very mature. He's very, very committed. Yeah. Um and his defensive side of his game is is usually spot on. Um I just I just need to see a bit more from him in controlling games like you know that every championship
0: team needs. So. Yeah. We'll uh, go from a, one of the big money signings to one of the bargains of the summer, really, yeah. in the whole of the championship, Daniel Crowley. Oh, yeah. he, when the signing was made, I thought... I was looking at his stats in the Eredivisie last season um, mm. and they were unbelievable. Yeah. And you looked at how much money was spent on him, less than a million, I can't remember exactly how much it was, but... You thought to yourself, this could be a really shrewd bit of business and he looks like one hell of a player, doesn't he? Oh, he's he's my favourite player. Yeah. Um f- he
1: is everything you dream of as a number ten. He's Yeah, he's a nightmare, really, for for to, to try and mark out the game and to try and pick up yeah, I think it was about seven hundred fifty grand he cost us from Yeah, that sounds uh, right. from Willem. Yeah. And he can he's magic on the ball he he can he can turn on a sixpence his his movement is really silky he plays some unbelievable interplays with players and to link up play like he does it's a joy to watch and that's the kind of player we need more of we don't have enough of those Vialba showed in glimpses at times and obviously we've got Bellingham but but Crowley for me without him this season we wouldn't have done even as well as we'd done at this point if that makes any yeah, sense yeah, yeah. His goal showed it on Saturday. You know, he ran from just inside his own half and and obviously was didn't manage to get picked up and 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 scored from outside the box. And that's that's the only thing missing from his game is just goals. I think he's got five assists this season, but mm. yeah, in terms of his stats, again, I try and monitor his stats as much as I can. And and he's an unbelievable player. Everything that Birmingham City do goes through him, um, and it's just keeping hold of him. Really, I'm sure there'll be inquiries January. Mm. Um, and obviously I'm hoping that we can keep a hold of him because at 22, if you can keep a player like that and build a team around him, who knows where you can end up. And yeah, there's not many in the championship like him. So yeah, I'm I, I, that was the best bit of business I've seen from Birmingham City in a long, long time.
0: Yeah, the two fullbacks I want to quickly yeah. touch upon because for me, they're two of the most underrated players in the whole of the championship. Christian Pedersen and... Um, Mine's gone completely blank. Max Collin. Max, Max Collin. Completely can't believe I forgot about <laughs> Uh Those two yeah. are absolutely quality, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Phenomenal fullbacks. Everything you want. For me, Peds just lacks a little bit going forward. Hmm. But his defensive work is unbelievable. Um, his work rate, his commitment. Um, he'll head anything. He'll head a brick out <laughs> if you threw it at him. Um, and I, and I, I just love him. And yeah, he, go, he gets up and down. For some reason, he seems to do a, a 360 roulette every game on some opponent, <laughs> whoever it may be. And it usually comes off, to be fair to him. So, yeah, he's great. And Max Collin, again, a real gem. He was the best buy that Redknapp brought in, um, thankfully. And I think he only cost us about two and a half million, three million. Yeah, um, Unbelievable player. Uh, great on the ball. Uh, reliable at the back. But very, very attacking and great to watch. So, yeah, obviously the defence has been a shambles this season, but for me, not really down to them. Um, They're told to attack. They sometimes get caught out, but they never really lose the ball. Um, And yeah, for me, Peds, potentially at the minute, player of the season for his consistency. Potentially, yeah. He's the one player that, even against Wigan, you know, look at players. He doesn't let you down. He doesn't stand out as a bad player. While everybody else does, he's always a consistent seven, eight. So, yeah, you're right. Pedersen and, and, and Max are two
0: players that get overlooked in this league. Yeah. So, yeah. And then just finally, we'll talk about the boy wonder. Yeah. It's uh, Jude Ballingham. When a 15-year-old makes his debut in the championship, it always makes headlines, doesn't it? And when these young players make their debut... um. I, I know quite a few. You, there was the lad Briggs at Fulham a few seasons ago who yeah. made his uh, debut and now he's playing non-league. The youngest player to ever make his uh, debut in the Football League, uh, Ruben, Nabel, Lazarus. Those two just made sub-appearances and then were never really seen again. Yeah, um, Nabil Lazarus played a bit more than Briggs, but I digress. Um, Bellingham... Has come into the team as a sub and then since then has pretty much started every single game, hasn't he? Yeah, how much of a talent are we talking here? Because a 16 year old playing regularly in the championship yeah. and at a good standard as well, yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Scary, really scary.
1: Yeah, mm. it's scary the fact that we've had to rely on him, a 16 year old, for most of the season, if I'm honest. But the kid he's unbelievable, yeah. Um I haven't seen many talents like him at St Andrews. I've you know, I've had the, the pleasure of watching players like, you know, Jack Butland come through, Damari Gray's come through, Nathan Redmond's come through, Jordan Much. We had a we've had a great academy over the years. And we've had some talents, but this kid, for me, is gonna go to the top. Um and there's no stopping him for this plain simple reason is his attitude as well is absolutely phenomenal every game working for the team gives a hundred percent doesn't you know shirk challenges and then when you get him on the ball you can't touch him
0: you cannot touch him his vision is ridiculous unbelievable absolutely ridiculous for someone that young yeah to pick out passes that he does yeah ridiculous it doesn't make any sense to me no you know you look and everybody makes a joke what were you doing at
1: 16 and you think could you have done that at 16 and you just think it's unbelievable i can't do that at 25 no no i I struggle to run now at 22 (laughs) so he's yeah he's he really he makes me feel bad about myself to be honest but he's just he's a and he's a delight as well you know he's a great young man um he's he's level-headed and obviously there's obviously i think i read a report today that um, Barcelona, Bayern Munich and Dortmund have joined Arsenal, Liverpool and Manchester United in the race to sign Bellingham. And I'm just thinking, keep him coming because he deserves to pick his team eventually when yeah. he does decide to go. I'm just hoping that he gives us that, that chance because at 16 there's the potential he can go for a minimal fee at yeah, the minute. Yeah. I'm hoping that he holds out. He knows that they'll always be there to to pounce on him when he comes but he gives us the chance to get the most he can for us because obviously he's a he's a um he's a brummy lad. I think he's a Birmingham City fan. I'm, I know his dad is, but I'm yeah. not sure if he is. But obviously he's got he's got it in his in his family. And I, and I hope that he understands that the club needs to do the best for what they want as well. So if they can cash in financially. And I'm I'm just being a bit greedy. I just want to see him for a little bit more because if we were to lose him, you know, this season's dead without him pretty much. Um that's a sixteen year old you're talking about as well. Yeah, exactly. I look at my brother, he's eighteen and, and I just think like he he can't get out of a bed in the morning and and, and and you've got this you've got this kid who shows up grown men of, of the age of thirty yeah with his unbelievable skill and his vision and his his footballing brain is years above. Uh, and levels above, and yeah, I, I, I just can't wait to to see him grace the Champions League at some point because it's coming, and he'll grace England. And I just do wonder what where he'll go and what he'll achieve. Um, but obviously, while the championship's got him as well as Birmingham City, you know, just just watch him and enjoy because I know it's hard other championship teams to watch other players and enjoy, but he is. He's a delight to watch and every team that comes down says wow that kid who is he unbelievable he's yeah. 16 wow so yeah um, what more can you say that hasn't been said about him than yeah he's he's just he, he's magic he, he's he's he got magic in his feet and, and he's got magic in his head as well and yeah, um, yeah it, obviously he's a joy to watch and I thank him for this season because he's made my season ticket the only thing that's it's worth paying so yeah um yeah but that's yeah I, I i cannot i cannot rate him highly enough yeah um and i know you guys tweet about him a lot and and and, and hype him up and a lot of people say shush you know don't, <laughs> don't don't do it like don't hype him up he's not that good he's not he's not what you're saying nah, let's not hide from this like he he deserves everything he gets um yeah. And I just I just wonder, kind of, where is he going to finish this season as well? Because I'm pretty sure he's not going to go in January.
0: No, you, you wouldn't have thought so, would you? No,
1: I don't think the time's right no. for him. I don't think it just doesn't feel right for him to go. And and I think he'll at least see out the season. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah, and, it, and he's got three, questionably four goals. Um, where can he finish it? Because he's been playing centre midfield most of the season. If he can hit, like, eight goals for a centre midfielder at 16... Unbelievable. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. James, it's been a pleasure. No, absolutely. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you. Uh, this has been the second tier podcast. We'll be back again on Sunday, so we'll see you then for a roundup of all of the weekend's matches. Thank you for listening. See you then.